It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast. I hope everyone is doing great as I am recording this right now. I'm looking out in my office and it's early March and it's absolutely beautiful. I think today it's actually going to get close to 60. So I uh, hope your day is going well. One of the things before we get started, I always like to just talk about what we do here with regards to the podcast. So a couple times a month, I like to jump on here and kind of go over some things or some questions, concerns, or scenarios that have come up with people we have met with in our office or have emailed us. And so today we're going to do that. And as I'm recording this, it is uh, the day after one of the worst weeks Wall Street has ever seen. And that would have been the last week of February with concerns over the coronavirus. So we're going to talk about that. And then I also got another question in that I think is really good and important for us to talk about with regards to long-term care and the protection of assets. So we're going to jump into that today as well. So before we do, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So let's jump into this. We know last week, the last week of February, 2020 was not a very good week in the market because of the concerns of the coronavirus. And one of the questions I actually got, and just to let you know, I also did a workshop last week uh, for clients specifically on the SECURE Act. And we did it on a Thursday. And obviously, that the first four days of the week had not been good in the market. And so I gave them some information, some analysis, and an article I found online that was actually on MarketWatch that really dealt with the idea, what does the market or how has the market reacted when we've had past situations of what we can look at here as a disease that could be an epidemic or a pandemic, what's it done? And I thought it was really interesting. And as I'm looking at what's going on in the market today, today we're, as I'm recording this, we are up close to 700, is we do want to look at the idea of the coronavirus and the environment or the how the news cycles happen today when bad news like this comes out with social media that's out there and the blazing light speed that we can see information just pass all throughout the world and then how those markets react. 
I think we have to be cautious when we see these big fluctuations. We also saw it in December of 2018 and not make rash decisions. So when you're looking at the money that you have invested, remember we talk about the purpose of money. So all of our money should not be in the same risk bucket. So the monies that we do have in those buckets that have more risk, when these type of events happen, especially when we're in the distribution phase, is we want to know we have monies in other buckets to be able to withstand what the market is doing right now as it is taking in this information of the coronavirus. And we have to look at, you know, I think this is just a personal opinion. I think one of the reasons the markets are reacting to this is because of the potential slowdown of or the food chain that goes through China and what's going to be coming out on the back end of that where the virus has supposedly originated. So, but one thing to really look at, and this is what I talked to clients about last week, and by the way, we're going to make sure to have these articles on the show notes at smartmoneyquestions.com for this podcast, along with the analysis that we had done. And um, we just want to be cautious before making rash decisions on, oh my gosh, you know, it's coming. Now, the reality is markets do go up and down. And we have to be cautious when they are going down because no one is really caring when they're going up. So with the fact that this information is out there and investors and both individual and institutional investors are analyzing this information, is that's where we see this fluctuation in the market. As an individual investor myself, I am not going to rush to judgment on changing my investment philosophy or my different buckets of money just because this is happening. If we've positioned our money correctly in different buckets with different risk, then these type of events shouldn't... Hey, listen, the reality is they shouldn't drive us with a bunch of fear to move very quickly to make a change and possibly recognize losses that it would take a long time, if ever, to recover from. And so by having our money in different buckets, whether it's the coronavirus or going back to like the swine flu or Ebola, is these things are going to happen. Bad news is going to happen and the market is going to react accordingly. We want to make sure that when it does that, that we do not let fear drive our financial decisions. No different than when I spoke about emotions couple podcasts ago, greed. We don't want to let greed do that. But it seems that fear is what drives people more swiftly to making decisions that many times are not in the best interest of themselves. So again, the coronavirus, is it something we should be looking at? Absolutely. Is the market going to react accordingly as we get this light speed of information that travels across all different types of media outlets and drives down what we saw last week. And then all of a sudden, all the doomsdayers are coming out there and potentially scaring people to making poor financial decisions driven off of that. So listen, if you have questions specifically, clients, I'm talking to you, and you want to go over the things that you you could be concerned about or something you might have read and oh my goodness it's you know it's going to it's going to affect everybody what's the market going to do please don't hesitate to reach out to us 
719-3003, or simply go speakwithmatt.com and schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call. Again, speakwithmatt.com. My calendar is there. Feel free to jump on that and schedule a time to talk. So listen, the other question I wanted to go over, and this podcast might end up being a short one, but this next subject, I think, I get this asked a lot, and it really is important. This is a question that came to us from Delaware, and what what they were talking about is I'm not really sure how to protect my assets from the state if I would end up in a nursing home. I'm in the situation where I took care of my parents and I saw the different things that had to be done, especially when my mom needed care first, so the money was protected for my dad. I'm in the situation where I'm not married and I have a disabled son who is not going to be able to take care of me. So how do I protect my assets? One of the things we want to realize when we're asking that question, the protection of assets, meaning we're not going to use our own assets for the care that we potentially would need. The first thing I am going to tell you, and as I go over this, I'm constantly going to refer to, you want to be speaking to an estate attorney and or a Medicaid planning attorney. Okay, one of the things when we're looking to protect assets, somebody's going to have to pay the bill. You're starting to do Medicaid planning. Okay, so we also want to recognize that. That means that we are subject to Medicaid approved facilities or caregivers because we're not privately paying using our own assets to pay for that care. So, again, you're going to want to talk to an attorney about your specific situation to protect those assets. And at the same time, my suggestion would be that you talk to the attorney if I do this then what type of care or what facilities, where should I be going, what caregivers can I be talking to to get the care that I need? The one thing also we want to recognize is depending on the states that you live in or the state that you live in, where your residency is or where you're going to be actually getting the care, they're all going to have specific rules as to the assets that can be protected. We also want to realize if we start moving assets out of our name, where are we moving it to? A lot of times I'll get this question. Should I go ahead and put my home in the name of my my kids or my son or my daughter? Or should I add them to the deed as a way of protection? We really want to look at that. And this is where speaking to an attorney, it's worth the money. Okay, because we don't want to be doing certain things where we're, we think we're doing protection and we're really creating a problem. But for that example right there, there's many different strategies that you can incorporate. You can add them to the deed, and that way they now have ownership in that property, depending on, let's say it's a husband and wife and we're going to just add a son. You know, technically they become a 33% owner now in the property, and depending on how the deed is written, is going to be how that could eventually be protected and eventually passed to the son when both parents are gone. Okay, There's also a deed that you can have what's called a life estate. And so the ownership can actually transfer to whoever you're going to transfer it to, but you've created a life estate for you and your, you and your spouse. For as long as you're living, the home can't be sold and or mortgaged 
without your knowledge and signature of acknowledgement. So that way you are protected as long as you're living. But again, you're going to want to speak to an attorney about what's going to be the best strategy for you in the state that you live in. Now, let's talk about the different financial assets we might have. Let's talk about IRAs. So IRAs, with regards to moving those assets, currently you can't move an IRA, an individual retirement account. You can't move a 401k, a 403b, a Roth IRA into another instrument like a trust. The reason why is because the IRS is associating that IRA or 401k specifically to your social security number. You are the ones, for instance, that are responsible for taking out uh, the minimum distributions when they come. If I've moved that to a trust, well, the trust doesn't have necessarily a date of birth for those RMDs. So those assets cannot be transferred to another, at least currently, cannot be transferred to another type of vehicle. They can, though, be, depending on what is the underlying investments in there. Specifically, there are what are called Medicaid-approved annuities that you can use for the protection of that asset itself, that value with that particular investment and the fact that it is an IRA. Those monies can be protected. But again, you're going to want to be speaking to an attorney about that. Now, your, your individual checking and your individual savings or a brokerage account. This is where you're going to want to talk to an attorney about the best possible type of trust where you would move that money, where now that is owned. But one thing we want to realize, or the trust actually owns that particular instrument now, many times these have to be, or what has to be utilized are irrevocable trusts. And what that means is once you have granted that money in, it's irrevocable. You can't change it please hear me. You want to have very crystal clear knowledge as to what you are doing when those types of trusts are being used, who you are naming as the trustee, and your potential use or what's the actual protection you're getting for moving those assets. Many times once the asset has gone in, I can't move it out. So we really want to have an understanding on that. Also, with regards to if I have life insurance with cash value in it. We want to be talking to the attorney about what's the best avenue for me to protect this asset. And many times, the assets that we're looking to protect, when we're a married couple, we're looking to protect the surviving spouse. If I'm the one that needs care, I'm looking to protect the assets for Maggie because of what's called the Medicaid spend down. If I haven't done this type of planning to protect the assets and now I'm private paying and I don't have any type of long-term care insurance or maybe a hybrid type life insurance policy that has long-term care benefits attached to it, I got to spend my own money. And that's what's called the spin-down phase. And this is where being proactive and again, talking with an attorney that understands those laws is state and Medicaid type planning is really important. The other thing I would suggest that you look at, what I spoke about earlier, is if I do that and I'm looking to eventually go on Medicaid or I'm doing planning for that, where that's where my care is going to be given at a Medicaid facility or Medicaid-approved 
caregivers, it's really, okay, where am I going for that? I'll just tell a quick story with my uh, grandmother on my mom's side up in Ohio when she ended up running out of assets and ended up going on Medicaid. My mom and her siblings had to move. Now, my my parents and, and I were still in Florida. This was my aunt and uncle who were still up in Ohio with my grandmother. They had to move her about uh, 35 miles away from where she was getting her care because of that need of having a Medicaid-approved facility. So you want to have a clear understanding on if you're going to go down this road, estate planning and Medicaid planning, where's my care going to be given? I can't tell you how important that is. The last thing we want to understand, and this is, uh, again, I've seen where attorneys can, I don't even know the word, maybe manipulate this. But one thing we do want to be aware of, and we want to be asking the attorney these questions is, when I start moving assets into other vehicles of ownership, so usually that's a trust, what's the look back? How long can the government look back to when I transferred those assets that if I did do that, and it's within that time period, am I still eligible? So currently, the look back is the government has the right to go back five years, 60 months from the date you apply for care to be given by Medicaid, is that they can go back and request what has happened to your assets over the course of the last five years. If you have been transferring assets within that time period, let's say only 36 months has gone by, you will be given a disqualification phase that you have to pay for until Medicaid picks it up. So again, you want to be speaking with the attorney and they need to be giving you clear information on this is what we're going to do. This is the look back period. This is the date we need to get to that the look back is gone. And then essentially everything we've put in place is locked in for lack of a better term. And we don't have to worry about a disqualifying phase from Medicaid. So again, we want to understand if we start moving assets, even if it's just, uh, this is my understanding, again, consult with an attorney. Even if I'm just adding a son or a daughter to the deed, that is moving part of my assets to them. And that look back phase would begin at that time. So again, we have a five-year look back on when we are, or when we have transferred the assets. So again, Let's go back to the question. What if I want to protect my assets from the state? I want to protect my home. I want to protect my financial assets. Maybe I've got cash value and life insurance. Maybe I've got investable real estate that's providing income for me now. It is critical that we talk to an estate attorney who also understands Medicaid planning, and we have a a very crystal clear understanding on what we're doing, especially if we start moving assets into irrevocable trust, if we starting adding kids or transferring real estate deeds to our kids. We want to understand, first of all, if I'm doing that, this is where the life estate deed can become very important, is that I still can retain the living in that home for as long as I desire, and it can't be sold out from under me. So wanted to go over that. That is extremely important in understanding and planning. If you're going to be someone, and I know I've spoke to many clients about this, hey, listen, I, I think the idea is for you to be self-insured. If you're going to go down that road, there's nothing wrong with that. You just want to understand you're cutting the check now. 
And that doesn't mean that certain other assets maybe you do want to look at. Is there ways to protect them? And that's where reaching out to an estate attorney, how many times am I going to say this? <laughs> Probably 30. An estate attorney that understands Medicaid planning in your state and the laws around the state you are residing in, in other words, where your residency is, if that's where you're looking to get care, it is extremely important to do that. So very instrumental and part of your overall holistic planning, financial planning, estate planning is extremely important to be able to do that. So hopefully that answered your questions down there in Delaware. If you have any questions or scenarios that you want us to review on the on the podcast, or if you just want to talk to me about that, you can go to speakwithmat.com, schedule a time. You can call in 610-719-3003. If you just want us to address it on the podcast, just shoot it over to info at smartmoneyquestions.com or go to smartmoneyquestions.com and there is a form there that you can fill out. comes right into us. We'll make sure to address that on another show. So listen, everyone, a couple takeaways from today. Let's make sure that we are not gravitating towards fear when situations like last week happen in the market. We want to understand and have a good understanding on where our money is, the different risk buckets that we have, and the money that is subject to risk. We understand it's going to go up and down, but we have protection with other accounts that hopefully... For instance, a savings account that doesn't see the fluctuations that the market can and will uh, produce. And then also addressing with the protection of assets, understanding and planning for a, a care event in the future. What's the best way to do that? So guys, I hope this has been helpful and valuable for you. Again, we will talk to you soon. Everybody have a great week. Take care.